You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, it's tech fan number 268. I am Tim Robertson, and uh, no David Cohen this week, unfortunately. He is uh, uh, unable to uh, come on the show, and uh, that's okay. We'll do a shorter episode, and it'll just be me. And I say shorter because I don't have a whole lot to talk about. I had a few things that I wanted to discuss with David, uh, but... You know, as a, a solo act this time around, I'm just going to keep it uh, shorter. Let's put it that way. Uh, next week, however, David will be back. And this is cool. Uh, Larry O'Connor, the president of Otherworld Computing, MaxSales.com, OWC, is going to be here on the show with us. That's right. OWC, as you know, MaxSales.com is the sponsor of TechFan. Um, we've had Larry, I think, you know what? I'm going to look up. Yeah, I'm going to do it live because, you know, why not do, do it as I'm recording? Um, seeing, I, cause I'm pretty sure we had Larry on the show. Maybe not. I know that Larry's been on the MyMac podcast, uh, back when I was hosting that show, but it doesn't look like we've ever had him here on TechFan. Let me... I'm just going to look for Larry. Uh, hmm. No, it doesn't look like it. Other than, did we have him on? No. No. Never had Larry on this show. Well, that's going to change next week with uh, show 287. Now, I'm not having Larry on the show because his company sponsors this podcast. That's That's not the reason. The reason is they announced a really cool product this week at CES, and I'll get to CES in a minute, but it's called the OWC Deck, D-E-C. I'm not sure if they they call it the Deck. It would make sense, and plus it's a cool name. Or you're supposed to say the OWC D-E-C. I think it's the, the Deck, which is a really cool name. Um, I'm going to read you what they posted in the announcement. Uh, OWC announced today the OWC Deck, the first ever expansion solution designed specifically for the 2016 Apple MacBook Pro. The OWC Deck is a is the finishing touch to the MacBook Pro, allowing users to take their laptop to the next level, extending the life and functionality of the already exceptional 2016 MacBook Pro. Um, it attaches completely flush to the bottom of the 2016 MacBook Pro, providing additional flash storage and connectivity, ultimately increasing the performance of the MacBook Pro. It gives you up to 4 terabytes of additional flash SSD storage for a maximum of 6 terabytes, including the factory capacity, an SD card slot, multi-card slot reader, a USB 3 Type-A ports for standard USB cables, a gigabit Ethernet, and other features to be announced at a later date. Let me back up. <clears throat> so, looking at the product photos, it looks to make the current MacBook Pro about the same size as like a 2011, 2012, as far as thickness. So, it, it, it's not increasing disproportionately how thick the MacBook Pro is, but it's giving us back these ports that so many people are missing. 
and I gotta say, it looks really cool. I'm, I am kind of curious what other features are going to be announced at a later date. I'm also very curious how does how does this attach to the bottom of the MacBook Pro? How does it connect to the MacBook Pro? You, it looks like you probably have to take the bottom of the MacBook Pro off and install this. Uh, it's aluminum. Uh, it, it looks really cool. I I have to know more. So I actually sent a, an email out to Larry this morning before I recorded this show, obviously, and asked if he would uh, be a guest on next week's episode to talk about this product because I, I gotta I gotta know more. And yes, they're a sponsor of the show. Okay, when I see a cool product, I want to know more about it. And obviously, I have a connection at OWC. I worked there for a while, so. And I did OWC radios, the first and the second version of that show. So I've got a connection there. This is a really cool looking product. I, I have to know more. I just do. No way about it. <laughs> so, so Larry had graciously agreed to come on the podcast next week uh, to discuss it. And uh, we'll find out what else is going on with Mac sales and OWC. And, you know, what a forward thinking company. They're bringing solutions, needed solutions to Apple's latest products because Apple in their infinite wisdom decided this is what we're going to give people no matter what you really need and OWC is providing expansion capabilities and making those products even better so I'm happy that they're a sponsor obviously not just for the financial gain but they're a company that I really like obviously I work there so next week Larry's coming on the show we'll find out more about this product and we want to thank uh, MaxSales.com for sponsoring this episode of TechFan. I will put a link in show 286 at both MyMac.com and TechFanPodcast.com for you guys to follow over and you can read the official announcement of this product. Let me talk about CES for a minute. Um, I was it? I don't know. We were. I was not at CES. Was I at CES last year? I don't think I was. I think I skipped CES last year. Maybe not. I can't remember. I've been to a couple CESs uh, as a vendor myself, and I got to walk the showroom floor. And there's an excitement when you're in Vegas at, at CES. But I'm looking at the coverage from you know 2,000 miles away online at all the latest tech blogs and tech news sites. And uh, hold on a minute while I yawn. <sighs> yes, that was my fake yawn about what I'm seeing coming out of CES this year. Boring. Nothing innovative, nothing new outside the OWC deck. I, I didn't see anything that I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. I saw some new gaming laptops that look horrible. The specs are there. The specs look cool. But they're these black, plastic, cheapy looking things with LED lights like just tacked on all over. The I even saw one where they had LED lights surrounding the trackpad what what the heck is that what why does anybody want that or even need that i'm sure somebody wants it they wouldn't make it if they didn't but when i look at the state of pc gaming as far as the actual hardware both desktop and laptop it seems like gaming companies put really good hardware inside and then just slap gimmicky craps all over the cases that served no function at all. For who? Who's who's buying these butt ugly neon glowing plastic cases? Really? That's 
That's what people want? See, this is the difference between a company who decides what good taste is and does all of they all they can to refine it and other companies who just slap crap together because oh that's what people want they don't really know what people want people want gaming laptops and desktops and you know these have all the neon crap all over it and stickers and it, it, it looks cheap and ridiculous and they think that's what people want well I don't think it's really what the vast majority of people want. And honestly, what's the difference between a gaming laptop or desktop and a regular desktop and laptop? The specs, the hardware that you get. The gaming laptops, you want them to be as powerful as you possibly can get them. You want the fastest hard drive, the fastest processor, as much RAM as you can stick in there, a great um, graphics card. Those are the kinds of things that someone that's a gaming enthusiast really want. How do you, if you're a serious gamer and you're playing it on a laptop, and laptops are plenty powerful enough to, you know, really enjoy a, a gaming experience, how does it help you looking at this 15 inch screen with neon surrounding it or neon on the keyboard or by your trackpad or a neon glowing speaker? Doesn't that distract from actually seeing the game that you're trying to play? I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe it's because I'm going to be, what, 47 in a couple weeks and I'm a fuddy-duddy now? I don't know. But it just seems ridiculous and stupid to me. Am I alone here? Do, do you guys agree with this? Now, obviously, I'm an Apple enthusiast as far as their products go. I, that's what I surround myself with. Not exclusively. And I'll get into something about that in a second. But it, they're refined. They look great. I don't always like that... Apple takes away functionality um, in the name of design, which, again, going back to OWC, that's what they're providing the functionality back into these machines that I think are sorely lacking. But at the very least, they look great. The PC gaming stuff is exactly the opposite. They look like trash, but yet they've got killer specs. They'll blow away any Mac that's out there right now. I, I don't get it. But, again, maybe I'm just an old fuddy-duddy and I just, man, you don't get it, man. You don't get it. You're not with it. You're too old, man. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. I'll give you that. So, anyways, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just not seeing anything coming out of CES this year. Uh, I know that it's like the second day. Today is the sixth. The CES runs for the fifth through the eighth. So, it's going to be the whole weekend. We'll see what happens, but... I, I don't know, man. I, I don't see anything so far that's it's just boring, minor iterations on what's come before, or it's stuff that the average person never wants, like some kind of a stupid drone that you shoot out with tennis balls, or I don't know. It's stupid stuff. NVIDIA is, you know, their shield, that little handheld gaming thing. I guess they're, it's still that. They release a new version, and it's supposed to be something to do with home automation. Really? That's Somebody wants an NVIDIA game handheld that's going to do automation now? That's a company struggling to find anything, throwing anything they can at the wall trying to get it to stick. Boy. Anyways. So let's get on to something else here. Uh, other than Apple hardware and CES, last week I was discussing my switcher 
it's a um, DisplayPort dual DisplayPort switcher, and I'm not using it as a dual DisplayPort, but I am using it as just a standard switcher. And the idea that I what I really wanted to do, I thought, was hook up one of my mini PCs to one side, my iMac to the other, run it through this, and hooking that up to my big 27-inch monitor. Well, I did that, except I didn't use the mini PC, because sitting right next to me is my full-size MAME arcade. And inside the pedestal part of that arcade is a full-size PC desktop. Except I don't use it for anything, because I actually took apart... Uh, the joystick area, I completely gutted the whole thing, ripped all the wires out, rewired in, soldered in some wires to the buttons and the joysticks that I'm actually going to use, and ran all of that into a uh, into my Raspberry Pi. And that way I can play the Pi. It's, it's, it's too hard to explain. The point is I'm not using that PC for anything at all. So what I did was I pulled that out of the arcade... And I put it behind my big screen monitor. I ran that to uh, the number two port in my switcher and my iMac's going into the number one port. This is going to do a few things. And there was an issue, and I'll explain that in a minute. So if I'm on port number one, it's my iMac. So at that point, my iMac, the 21-inch iMac that I got from OWC, it sits to the right of me. And right in front of me is the 27-inch monitor. So when I'm switched onto the iMac... The 27-inch monitor just shows me the it's the iMac, right? Now, I'm not, when I do that, I'm not mirroring the screen. It's not the same thing on each screen. So most of the time, the iMac is just kind of blank. There's nothing on it because I, I don't need a 27 and a 21-inch monitor to do what I do nowadays. Occasionally, I do. But as good as this 27-inch monitor is, the picture quality just it's not as good as this 21 inch iMac. When I put a, like a window over there, it's so much brighter, it's so much cleaner looking. So I don't do it more often because I want to look at the big screen. Uh, so that's how that's set up. Now, if I push the select button and it switches over to input number two, that's the PC. Here's the issue. This is a DV or a um, DisplayPort switcher. So I bought an HDMI to DisplayPort cable. When I connect that cable from the PC output via HDMI into the DisplayPort input on my switcher, it doesn't see the video signal. No matter what I, I... Maybe I've got a bad cable. I'll eventually try a different cable. Maybe I'll try just a regular HDMI cable with an HDMI to um, DisplayPort you know, uh, adapter at the end. Maybe that'll work. I don't know. But when I switch it, it doesn't see the video input, which quite honestly sucks. Now, my mouse and keyboard does follow it. So if I'm on the PC, my mouse and keyboard is controlling the PC. If I'm on the Mac, it's controlling the Mac. That works perfectly. So what I had to do is I had to go, when I tried it and it worked, I had to go HDMI out of the PC to HDMI into the switcher. And once I did that, it works. No, it didn't. Sorry, I said that wrong. I went from, <laughs> I went HDMI of the computer directly into the secondary input on the monitor itself via HDMI. Do you get what I mean? So when I switch over to the PC, the screen stays blank. My mouse and keyboard work, but then I have to physically switch 
the input on the monitor to HDMI, which is now showing the PC. Now when I switch back to the Mac, I have to manually switch the monitor from HDMI back to DisplayPort. It's a pain in the butt. It's like one, two, three, it's four button pushes on the monitor and it two, with two different buttons. It's is it definitely a first world problem, but why doesn't the switcher work? I, it makes no sense. And I haven't even run sound through it yet. And that'll be like the last thing. Cause I'm still trying to figure out how I want to do sound. It sounds an easy thing. I just go audio out from the Mac and the PC audio into the switcher. And then it just automatically switches the sound to the speakers that are connected to it. Right. Except I've got my sound wired completely different than most people because of the podcast. So I go out of the iMac into a Y splitter. The Y splitter on one side is headphones so I can hear David when he's talking. So anything, any noise my iMac makes, I can hear. But the other side of the Y splitter is going into my M audio USB micro, um, what is that? It's a mobile pre USB into channel two, which is then being recorded via USB in GarageBand. I know it sounds confusing. If you actually saw it, you'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I got it. That's why I haven't hooked up the sound through the switcher because eh, it's going to be kind of a pain. Uh, and I don't leave that Y splitter plugged into the iMac unless I'm having a Skype conversation that I'm actually recording in GarageBand. Otherwise, it's just my audio cable from my speakers going into the iMac. Boy, when I say tech fan, I guess I should have said geeky tech fan this week, right? Because that's that's definitely geeky. I, I, I bet you half of you have absolutely no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> One of the things I did do, though, I've got a pile of cables. So I pulled off the 27-inch monitor, pulled the iMac out from last week that I had set up. It was just kind of temporary there. And I got rid of all the cables <laughs> that's behind my big monitors from everything I've been unplugging and plugging in. You would not believe this big mass of cables that weren't going to anything that was still back there. Like, you know, those micro US, micro USB cables that... It's just back there around or uh, wrapped around three other plugs, um, laptop cables that were still plugged into an outlet, but there's no laptop it's plugged into. It's, I, I couldn't believe it. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm really not done. I did about, I did a half-ass job on it. I'll be honest with you. What I need to do is completely clear everything off my desk and rebuild everything from scratch. Just completely rebuild it. And it, I'm not going to get any better performance or anything, but it's going to, it'll be nicer. You know, I can zip tie up some of the cables and you know, make it look a lot of prettier back there. Make it easier to clean that sort of thing. But the problem is now I've got the PC back there with the, the display port switcher and I haven't got that working correctly yet. So once I get everything working the way I want it, and then I'll probably tear it all apart, clean everything up, make it look real pretty and then put it all back together again. Maybe I'm lazy. So, you know, it, it, we're probably talking springtime. Uh, oh, and here's, so Tim, why did you hook up this PC to the switcher? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the switcher. Um, there's really no real reason for me to do that as far as a need. I, I really don't need to use that PC for anything. It's not a super powerful PC at, by any stretch of the imagination. 
uh, I can't even remember what processor it's running. It's it's nothing powerful. It's I don't even think it's a, like it's not even i five quality. Um, it's just a little. What is this? It's a Dell. Well, they don't even put the name on it. I wouldn't either if I was them. Uh, it, uh, the only thing I used it for was classic arcade games, which you don't need a powerful PC for. But I did need a little bit of expandability for storage. I did want more than like one or two USB inputs, that sort of thing. And it served its purpose really well. Uh, once I got it all hooked up and actually working, I did upgrade it from Windows 8, no, Windows 7 to Windows 10. And I haven't checked my arcade software on there to see if it still works or not. But quite honestly, unless there's a specific PC application that I want to run on there, I don't, I, it's probably going to be maybe gaming, some classic console gaming, but I really don't need to do that because I've got the RetroPie sitting right next to me on the TV, so I, I don't even really need to do that. Uh, it just felt wasteful to have this PC sitting in there and a switcher sitting right next to me doing nothing. Why not hook the PC up to the switcher, and if I need to, I can just switch over. I did have a hard time. Now, hard is the right word. Windows kept crapping out upgrading this machine uh, to Windows 10. I tried three different times. It would get to a certain point, and it would just sit there. It wasn't locked up or anything, but there was no progress at all. Uh, after a couple of reboots, uh, I actually, I originally, I, I just told it to upgrade this PC. That didn't work. I tried it again. That didn't work. Then I tried to have it install on a USB flash drive. Um, I I stopped doing that. I didn't want to do it that way. And then I downloaded Windows 10 directly to the PC. Uh, but it was an ISO file, which I couldn't run on the desktop. I have to burn a DVD, and I, I'm not going to the store to buy a blank DVD for this. So one more time, I tried it just to upgrade the PC, not from a disk image, and it worked. It went all the way through. So like fifth time's the charm for I don't know why it worked that time, and it didn't the other. But it did, so that machine's now running the latest and greatest Windows 10 software. So that's always a good thing. It, it is kind of funny, though, when I switch over to the PC the iMac is still running. The, now my mouse and keyboard is not doing anything to it. But the windows that I had open on the 27-inch monitor automatically jump over to the iMac because it, as far as iMac is concerned, there's not a second screen anymore. So if I'm watching a video and because the, the speakers are not hooked up to the, to the switcher, it's still hooked up to the iMac, I can be watching a movie in Netflix or YouTube or iTunes or whatever switch over to the PC, the movie will automatically jump over to the iMac screen and just continue playing. Now, I can't pause it. I can't do anything with it because at that point, as far as the iMac's concerned, there's no mouse or keyboard or anything. It's just happily playing the music and the movie or whatever, the TV show, whatever it happens to be running on that screen while I'm over here on the PC. So that's kind of... In fact, I could do it right now and the podcast would continue to run. I just couldn't control anything and I'm not going to test fate because I'm getting close to a half hour with no pausing, and I don't want to record the whole thing again. So there's that in the kitchen right now. My wife and I have this coffee machine where you fill it up with water, and you just put your cup underneath it, and it fills your cup up. Right? It's not a, it's not a coffee pot, and it's also not one of the Keurig things. Those seem extremely wasteful. I mean, one of those little things is just one cup of coffee. I, I don't know. I don't want that. I'm sure it tastes good. Don't get me wrong, but I, yeah. Uh, so anyways, we've got this thing and when we, this is the second one we own. The first one, 
it you'd put the coffee cup underneath after you know, a year or so and it was coming out slower and slower and slower. It was almost a drip rate getting coffee into your cup. So I knew that this little screen in there was probably clogged up, needs to be cleaned. Everything we tried to do to clean it didn't work. I even took it apart, accidentally broke something. You know, it's me. So I broke something, so we had to go buy a new one. We bought the same machine, and it was, you know, exactly the way it should have been. It's just, you know, fill a coffee cup up in three seconds. I mean, it's comes right like it's a faucet it's awesome but you can see where this is going this started getting a little bit slower and eventually it's just not working so i'm gonna fix it again <laughs> actually my wife and i julie and i decided this is a pain let's just go buy a regular coffee cup machine and you know that you could program because i don't want to come downstairs in the morning and then have to make a pot of coffee i want it ready for me because again we'll go back to the laziness earlier and I thought we're going to replace it probably today. Anyways, let me give it one more crack. I knew what I did wrong last time. I think I found a workaround. I got it disassembled. I got the screen out and I've got that soaking in the stuff that supposedly gets rid of coffee, whatever. Uh, when I get done recording this podcast, I'm going to go hopefully put it back together without breaking it. And seeing if it works. And if it does, awesome. Don't have to buy a new coffee, anything. We'll just continue to use that one. Um, but if it, you know, if I break it again or it's it just, it's not fixing it, then we're just, I'm biting the bullet and spending 50 bucks or whatever to, to buy a new coffee maker. You know what? I'm going to pause this show to drop in another ad here in the stoplight. Net, or in the, huh, look at that. Went back in time. In the MyMac Podcasting Network. Um, It'll be just a couple seconds for you guys, but I'm going to go out there and check the screen. Uh, I got a new toothbrush that I'm using to clean it up a little bit, put it back together, fill it up, not with actual coffee. You got to let it run a few times with just regular water and clean it all out. Um, see if it works. So it's an experiment. I'll be right back. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. Well, I don't know yet. Um, so like I said, I had a couple of the, I had the screen and a couple of the little pieces um, soaking in the solution of this stuff that I got that says it cleans really well. And when I poured it out, a lot of black gook came out. It really did. But I can actually see um, a little daylight through the screen now. Now, obviously, it should be a lot clearer than that. And I honestly, I think the, the brushes on this toothbrush I'm using, it's a new toothbrush. I think they're too soft. So I used a pair of tweezers to kind of scrape. And that seemed to do a lot as well but there still seems to be pretty small particulates in the screen itself. So what I did was I put it back in this little cup. I poured a little bit of this um, stuff uh, directly on the screen, filled it up with a little hot water, and I'm going to let it soak for yeah, just a few more minutes, maybe, you know, five minutes or so. And then I'll pause this, go check, and then, you know, give you a live update. <laughs> well, live from your hard drive, right? I don't know. I hope it works. I'd, I'd rather fix that. I really like the machine. So is Julie. But, you know, 
it it was so slow this morning. You can't turn your water faucet down far enough. It's either off or just like just turn it just a little, little dribble. That's what was coming out this morning. One cup of coffee took like a minute and a half to fill. Still tastes good. I know some of you are like, ooh, if that screen is that clogged up, I wouldn't want to drink through there. You're probably right, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I need coffee. <laughs> dirty cup, blow it out, wipe it down with my shirt, dirty sock, I don't care, put coffee in it, a little cream, a little sugar, I'm good to go. <laughs> Trust me, I need the coffee. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm hoping that this works. I'm hoping this will fix the problem because, quite honestly, like I said, I... I I really like that. Uh, I really like that coffee maker. So we'll see. Uh, a little bit of feedback from last week. Uh, love feedback, guys. Send it in. Uh, it's the show at techfanpodcast.com is the email address, or hit us up at my Mac or at uh, techfanpodcast on Twitter. And of course, don't forget about the Facebook page over there. Um, you can either leave a message in the the my Mac page, me directly on Facebook. David's not on Facebook, so don't bother. Uh, or the Tech Fan Podcast fan page or organization page or whatever you want to call it on Facebook. Uh, that one doesn't get a whole lot of love. We don't obviously we don't push it very hard either, but still. Uh, Alyssa Paselli. Remember last week I was talking about perfect albums. She wrote in. She said, "Perfect albums, Foreigner and Boston's debut." I would agree with Boston. Um, their first album was really good. I'll, I I would actually say I liked Third Stage from Boston maybe more. It's it's a toss-up. I really like Boston's first album, but Third Stage, when I discovered that years after it had come out, oh, man, I listened to that album like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and she also said Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Eh, I would say... Yeah, it's not a perfect album. There's there's a good quarter songs, uh, a quarter of the songs on that album is like, yeah, I could. It, it sounds. Here's my problem with that album. A lot of it is super dated. You can say the same thing with Boston Foreigner, even more so Foreigner. Um, to me, a perfect album is a kind of an album that almost transcends time. That. Not not necessarily that if it came out right now it would be just as popular because obviously it wouldn't, but there's that quality to it. Uh, Brandon Rowland also wrote in. Um, he said your filler a- accusations is perfectly true of popular and boy band etc. type acts, but plenty serious musicians have released albums that were excellent throughout. For example, to rattle off a few off the top of my head, Astro Weeks, Van Morrison. Um, he says arguably the best ever debut solo album. Mm, it would be up there. Um, and I would, yeah, I see. Here's the problem. I've never been a huge Van Morrison fan. There's been a few songs that I've liked, uh, a couple deep cuts that I like, but yeah, I, I'd have to go back and, uh, and listen. Uh, and the same is true with the second choice, which is hot rats from Zappa. Yeah. Again, never been a huge Zappa fan. I don't know. I never really took him seriously as a musician. Maybe that's unfair, but 
I don't know. He just he just never really did it for me. Uh, his next one, however, his next couple, I completely agree with. And I would say the next one may be the pinnacle of the perfect album from start to finish, and that's Dark Side of the Moon from Pink Floyd. Uh, you know, that album still cracks the top 100 all the time. Every generation discovers that album and thinks that they discovered something new and, oh my God, have you ever heard this? Yeah, we know, Skippy. It's one of the greatest albums of all time, if not the greatest. Um, yeah, it's Dark Side of the Moon is just... Everybody's... Anybody who's a, a true music fan loves that album. And everyone has the experience of listening to it and really getting into it for the first time. Uh, I, I sure did a couple times. Uh, I remember a really long drive that I listened to that album uh, start to finish twice. It was on CD and it was at night. And uh, it was like the soundtrack for that drive. I, I'm quite sure many of you understand what I mean by that. Blonde on Blonde and Highway 61 from Dylan. Close. There's, again, super dated, uh, although probably more relevant today than it has been in many, many years, um, especially Highway 61. But they're both excellent albums. I, I'm not, I can't nitpick either one of those. Uh, music from Big Pink plus al other albums, The Band. Uh, eh. Not not my biggest. Here's one that I, I totally disagree with. Uh, doors by the Doors. Oh, I hate I hate almost everything that by the Doors now. I was in heavy into the Doors for like ten minutes, and then I just I, ugh, I I can't listen to the Doors at all anymore. Shut up. Um, Diamonds and Rust by Joan Baez. Uh, yeah, Voyager Betty Davis eyes no. Nope, I'm not giving you that one even a little bit. Uh, Exile on Main Street and Beggar's Banquet from the Stones. Yeah, never a big Stones fan. There's a couple that I really dig from the Stones, but no one album really stands out. He's got a couple more. Um, Abraxas from Santana. Ah, that's, that's right up there, I gotta say. That's, that's right up there. Uh, he says, uh, I could go on and on in lots. Perhaps most of them would be like Many of those quoted above from your not very good 60s and 70s. Now, go back and listen to that again. I, there is a lot of good music from the 60s and the 70s. The problem is the vast majority of music from the 60s and 70s suck. There are exceptions, and those exceptions are well known. I mean, if I said all music from the 60s and 70s suck, I, I couldn't say anything positive about Pink Floyd or the Beatles or... and. I, those are the two greatest bands of all time. They're they're in my top. Well, the Beatles are number one, but <laughs> Pink Floyd's in the top five. I mean, so obviously it wasn't a blanket accusation from. But all the popular music from the seventies suck. It's just horrible. That Captain and Tennille crap. That Gypsy Woman crap. That Witchy Woman crap. I hate all of that stuff. I hate I hate it. Just oh, it's just horrible. Um, anyways, uh, he also says also in your analysis of modern music, you failed to mention the mega-sized elephant in the room, namely the abysmal audio quality, thanks to the loudness wars. 
When CDs began to displace vinyl, one of the major attractions to the CD format was a good dynamic range and lack of surface noise. Now, I'm going to stop you there. And, yes, CDs were probably discounting a high-end vinyl system. It was probably the pinnacle of audio. And for a long time, digital sucked. It just, you really couldn't compare it. It was just really bad. However, that's really changed. And all you have to really do is go look at some of those remastered for iTunes uh, albums. And you'll hear a huge difference. Now, they're they're not five megabyte songs. They're fairly large. But they are compressed. But what's happened is the audio engineers out there have learned to work within the boundaries of compressed audio. Because remember, for the vast majority of people, um, we don't hear above and below a certain frequency, right? So while your statement was true, especially for those people like me who ripped a lot of music from their CDs to iTunes back in the mid-2000s, yeah, it wasn't the greatest. And unless you ripped it at a very high bit rate, which I did with my favorite albums, some of them at 5, 512, most at 256. But that's not a that's not the issue anymore, Rowan. It, it really, they'd sound a lot better than they used to. Let me just put it that way. Anyways, um, da, 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 he, he goes on. Um, yeah, he says some of this is unlistenable. But I, I would digress and say, give it another chance. Some of those other engineers are doing quite fantastic work to be honest with you and some of it just it's amazing how good it sounds and you're like wow this is digital sounds pretty damn good to me and i'm an audiophile so i'm pretty discerning when it comes to that uh okay i'm gonna pause this go check the coffee filter put it back together hopefully and see what it sounds see what it does hold on okay back so the thing is you uh, with this coffee machine you fill up this reservoir on the side of it, and then you turn it on. And it brings the water down from bottom, brings it up into the filter, and it fills up, you know, the coffee part. <laughs> and then what you do is you put your cup underneath it. It You push up against this little lever thing. It opens up this little trap door, and your coffee comes down. And there's a little filter right above that little trap door. The problem is cleaning that filter. You can get to that filter from the inside, but you can't get to it from the outside. So I took off the little trap door, two little screws, and it's spring-loaded. Don't lose the spring. And I broke that part somehow last time. Oh, no. When you take that off, uh, the little trap door doesn't come out because there's a washer, an oversized washer inside the machine so you have to kind of pull it out without ruining that washer it's a rubber washer but the inside screen part's kind of a a half dome or i guess no it, it is a dome but it's not removable you could spin it in there and when you look you can see that they just melted some little nubs of plastic and folded them over a little bit to hold that screen in place there's no way to remove it well i used a very small screwdriver and kind of popped it out of there and I cleaned the screen, like I said, three or four times now uh, and 
soaking it in the solution and the toothbrush and did all of that. So this time I can actually see a lot of light coming through the screen. It, it looks clean. I'm pretty sure this is the problem. Put it all back together. Ran a, no, I didn't put any, no coffee in it, but I did brew, you know, some water. Cause if there's anything in there that from this, this, uh, solution, I want it to flush out. You got to do it a couple times. It says anyways, success, hundred percent success. It's, it's coming out the way it was when it was brand new. Can't wait for, uh, my, I think Julie's actually, uh, doing something upstairs. Maybe she might be taking a nap. She wasn't feeling good for a while there. So she might be upstairs taking a nap. I'm going to go wake her up and, uh, I'm going to brew a, a pot of coffee. I'm going to run one more thing of water through it. I've already done two. And, uh, then I'll brew a pot of coffee and I'll say, <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. I say, I made, uh, one more, you know, thing of coffee, uh, do you, do you want to use that one more time since it's going to be like, you know, we're going to go buy a new one? And I'm not going to say anything else. And she's going to go over there and stick her coffee cup underneath thinking it's just going to dribble out and it's just going to come out in a nice flood. <laughs> it's the small victories in life, people. That's all I'm saying. It's the small victories. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Tech Fan Podcast. Um... Ending on a fun, positive note. Uh, I love it if you'd send in feedback. Really would. Tech, uh, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Or like I said, leave a comment at mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com. And we will read them right here on the show next week. David Cohen returns. And Larry O'Connor from maxsales.com, Other World Computing, OWC. See you then. Bye.